Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. It's Judd's Hockey Show. That's right. The season might be done. Matthew Kachuk might have played through a broken sternum, but we play through on this show everything and anything because we go all off-season long. Judd, Jesse Pierce, of course, from Bar Down Beauty's fame, and also uh, she covers the wild for the NHL.com site. Declan Goff, as always, uh, the co-host as well. And what I have today, ladies and gentlemen, is um, a crystal ball edition of Judd's Hockey Show. I have questions for you regarding the wild. But before we get to that, it looks like Jess is up north. And so I'm going to give Jesse some advice right now because this show is brought to you by our friends uh, from Power Lodge and Miller Marine, which is a marriage of, and get this, if you're a Minnesota sports fan, you need this, a marriage of throttle therapy between fun on the land and fun on the water. Pick your power and head to Power Lodge. Now, locations, Brainerd, Onamia, Ramsey, look at that. Miller Marine and St. Cloud, the Bennington right there, outstanding. Temps are up, prices are down. Some of the uh, summer deals happening right now. Bennington Pontoon at uh, 28888 And for a bonus, the first eight people that buy a trailer, get one for 1888 or finance it all at 288 a month. Whatever you need, we've got it with over 300 pontoons in stock. PowerLodge.com or MillerMarine.com. We appreciate their support. Please support them because that always helps us as well. All right. Are we ready, Jesse? We will start with you. Here we go. go. The Wild is scheduled to um, or is slated to pick 21st in the first round of the draft, which is on June 28th. Crystal Ball. Will the Wild in what is a deep draft trade up? Trade up to try and acquire a higher pick. No, it is. Like you mentioned, Judd, it's a deep draft. I, I don't hate the idea. And again, I know Bill Guerin, as we've said many times on the show, as he has said to us media, he will always listen and entertain ideas. But it is. This is, draft class is unreal. Like, it is so deep. It's going to be great. Um, even in the second round where the Minnesota Wild have a couple extras, they'll be able to get something worthwhile. Again, if something crumbs across there, you can get up and get Connor Bedard. If uh, 
Chicago is all of a sudden crazy and wants to do that, sure. But otherwise, no, I mean, you'll still get a very quality player at 21. I'd sit tight because uh, I think it might be pretty expensive if you were to move up. So I'm all for this. I say you do trade up. I, I say you absolutely trade up. Uh, so you got three picks, what, in the first 56 selections of the draft. So three picks in the first two rounds. Um, I think there's a better chance that you can get a legitimate impact player that potentially could start not right away, but pretty damn close if you're indeed near the top 10. Um, if they're picking 21, and if they're picking the two picks in the second round, odds are one of those guys turns into a, a, a capable and solid NHL player. I'd rather mortgage some of those future picks and these picks that are in the second round go up to maybe, I don't know, between 12 and 8. I don't know the exact draft chart. I know the NFL has, like, draft charts. You can actually plug and play what selections would it take to get you up to a certain number in the draft. But I would entertain moving up. I think they absolutely should. I think it makes more sense to have a guy in an entry-level contract, too, that could potentially contribute right away, maybe even a center that falls to, like, 8 or 12. I would entertain this idea. Be careful. They thought that that was going to happen with Marco Rossi. And it, it is not yet. I, so I'm sure with both of you on this because 21 in a deep draft is not bad. Like it's not going to provide, it's probably not, it's not going to provide you most likely a guy who's going to play certainly next season. Uh, but in a deep draft, it could get you a valuable player. But, and I guess that this falls with the next question as well. So it's going to dovetail into it. But here's the one thing, Jesse, I wonder if they would consider this based on the fact that they, I I think they need to want to, and pretty much have to trim at least a veteran out for salary cap purposes. So I guess that's the question is, do we think, and, and I do, do we think that they are going to make a trade at the draft to take a current player or two, um, but at least one cap guy cap it off the roster and if they do that, would it make sense to try and package, I don't know, a second round, you know, a second round pick, that player, the first round pick to try to go up? I don't, you're not going to get in the top 10, in my opinion, but I think you could, like Dex said, probably get around 12 or something like that. And the only, only reason why I think it might be a viable solution is, as far as I can tell from checking out their salary cap conundrums, they need ideally to trim a player off the roster. So how do you go about doing that? I mean, you're right. And I I was, I was very quick to say no. And I only said because the NHL draft to me, it's so hard to project where an 18 year old player is going to be. Ryan Hartman was a first round draft pick and look at what's that's resulted in. He's finally coming into his own. I think with that being said, hard to figure out when to move up again this being such a deep class you know Fantilli going at number two is going to be fantastic right like I would love to get him I just think you're right Judd in the respect you have they're going to make trades once the Stanley Cup finished the other night you guys I was like all right phone is on ready waiting for these emails to come in because now Billy G is going to start cooking uh because I think I think they'll be active but I don't know that it necessarily has to mean for this year, for this draft class. Again, Mm -hmm. I think at 21, you'll still find somebody. But to me, the NHL draft, you never want to say it's worthless because look at Matt Boldy. He's accomplished as much as he had that year's draft class. Jack Eichel, you go back to that. Um, But it's it's just so different. It's not the NFL. It's not somebody that is going to come in and be an impact player. You mentioned Marco Rossi. 
we're still waiting. And he was a first rounder. So I do think Bill Guerin is like likely to do something at the draft. I just don't know that it would result in a move up in the, in the class this year. I think you, you mentioned veterans, Judd. I know I've said it. I'll say it again, Marcus. I heart, I love you, but that's a, that's an easy player to move. So it wouldn't surprise me if there is a trade at the draft. I just don't know that Bill Guerin would be wanting a pick back in exchange. It is interesting because they, I mean, Felino is the one that we've all been talking about from salary cap purposes, but then there's these weird fringe prospects. And this is where dealing from a position of strength could help out the wild and why I think again, makes more sense potentially for them to move up. Like if Kalen Addison is indeed blocked, then chop them. Um, I don't, they're not going to give up on Marco Rossi yet, but if they were, you could use that as a legit leverage piece again to move up with them having the best prospect class and that prospect class expected to have prospects that graduate into the next level. That's where I just think you have a surplus here, right? It's like the office episode. They have a surplus. What are we going to spend this extra money on? Or is Michael just going to buy himself a fur coat? Like you can actually do something with this surplus. And I think it involves maybe even trading some of these middling prospects that are blocked a little bit to help you move up in the draft. All right. Question number, well, three, actually now it just got bumped down one, but that's fine. Uh, So the team is looking for an assistant coach to replace Brett McLean, who of course took the Iowa job to replace Tim army with the American hockey league affiliate in uh, Des Moines that the wild has. So Jesse, Bill Guerin told Doogie a couple of days ago in a sit down that he wants someone with previous head coaching experience. Now it could be a minor league guy, but it, he, he wants a guy who has previous head coaching experience in that role. Is this something or nothing when it comes to the future of and the employment of Dean Everson? Because I, I thought mean, it we was- we reckless speculation, right? I'm sure Bill Guerin didn't intend to use those words as he did, and he didn't think that us media would spin it but yeah I mean it certainly helps if you have an assistant on your bench with head coaching experience and you decide you want to make a change that's an easy move up right um I I mean I'm sure in Bill Guerin's mind again he's probably didn't intend those words to be taken as literally as they were but I don't hate it I mean we've we mentioned at the end of the year a change needs to be made in coaching and obviously with Dean Ebsen under contract you don't want to keep spending money for people that are no longer on your roster, right? And Dean Ebsen falls in that category. So I'm sure it it would help. There are so many coaches out there every single year, right? People are getting fired nonstop that I don't know that necessarily it has to be such a lateral move from assistant to head, but it doesn't hurt. I don't hate the idea. I don't hate the scheme. Uh, again, Billy's probably going to be like, I didn't mean it that way, guys. That's not what I said. Dean Ebsen is my coach, yada, yada. But it's certainly something interesting to entertain, especially once he does make that hire, who it is. Because then that, I think, picture becomes clear. That crystal ball of yours, Judd, will certainly be clear. Like, okay, yes, that that's the guy that could replace me. Yeah, the one I kicked around to Judd, and I have no idea if this guy has good connections with Bill or not, Jess, but it was uh, Dan uh, uh, Bleisma, right, from the former oh, yeah. uh, from the Penguins who won a cup with them, took them to numerous playoff trips. I think only got one cup with that tenure. But regardless really good uh, coach that that knew what he was doing and had connections to Bill. Again, recklessly speculating, is that the guy? I mean, he's coaching in the AHL for Seattle right now. So, like, he's the, he's been was the head coach last year for the AHL affiliate. He doesn't have an NHL job. I know he's a very cantankerous guy, and I think even Jack Eichel once said, I will not play for this. I won't resign if this guy is still the head coach in Buffalo, which is where he went after Pittsburgh. So 
I don't know. There, there's definitely some combustion there, but just piecing things together and knowing what Bill likes and his previous relationships, I wonder if that is indeed a guy who Bill could go after and, and make the assistant coach and potentially a coach in waiting if a coaching change needs to happen. And it's interesting that Jack Eichel said that because Dan, a USA hockey guy too, where Jack Eichel had him as a young player, uh, Dan coaching world junior teams, the different, like I always thought Dan was a great development coach too you know like that's to me what bill probably is also looking for considering the next couple of years right if he does want to make that change he needs somebody to help nurture these young guys jack eichel to me is a bit of a diva so i would take his words with a grain of salt that i'm hoping that's not it but i think otherwise dan would be a great candidate uh dex great call it was intriguing too that um and i'm sure they're friends but one of bruce cassidy's uh, top assistants with the golden knights was john stevens who was a, who's been a longtime coach. I think he's had uh, uh, stints in, I want to say, Philadelphia with the Kings. He might have been in Dallas for a minute as well, at least as an interim coach. And so, yeah, if Bill goes this direction and it's not Jesse and, and Dex, if it's not a friend of Dean's and he goes in, in the direction of that guy coached in the league. So, like, if it's a minor league guy, I think there's more in interpretation, although that's what Dean was to Boudreaux, and we all know how that turned out. I just can't help but think. So it's an interesting discussion because sports in this day and age is definitely a different animal than it used to be. And look, I know that executives, GMs, front offices are more involved than ever in the actual in-game implementation, right? Like like Rocco doesn't just run the twins by himself. He gets pregame word on what to do. And there's a philosophical uh, agreement on things, okay? And I think that there's no question that Bill Guerin has input. But the one thing I keep coming back to is, you know, you lose a little bit of your oomph as as input guy when the game starts. Like you can still have ideas and things that have been talked about, but I can't help but think that as loyal as Bill seems to be, that Billy has watched the past two playoffs, right? Or three. And, you know, Things get away, and you can't, like, call down to, to the bench. Now, I guess you could go downstairs between periods, but I don't think he does that. So my point is I can't dismiss that Bill said this based on the fact that there has to be a level of, if nothing else, let's get Dean some help down there. Let's get Dean – like, when you won't juggle lines, when you won't – I, I think we, we all tend to, to focus on the goaltending, which – I think is probably a pre-planned thing. So that's not like that. That's not just Dean, but when you look at, you know, not juggling lines, when you look at like the power play and things like that, I wonder if that's where Bill's frustration lies, because I mean, in watching those playoff games on TV and from the press box, there are some head scratcher non moves while everybody else is making moves. So like, could this be the first step to say, you know, Dean, we're at least going to get you help here because it's almost like Dean gets uh, mentally tied up and get right. He gets so intense. Uh, yeah. So that's the only thing I can think of why what Bill said actually is something. It doesn't mean that he's done with Dean, but it, de- it definitely means there might be a pivot in how things go, especially during key games. Yeah. I mean, you look, you mentioned Bruce Cassidy, obviously he did a tremendous job moving lines around to, to Quaid. And that's why Vegas did what they did as quickly as they did in the finals and it's funny because you look at how what he did the same thing in boston it's still crazy to me that boston was like 
see you out the door you go. Um, you, you know, it's probably there is there's some legs to it, right? Like to have that assistant that can be as vocal. The thing that kills me with Dean so often and, and Judd and Dex, you could attest to this because you're in the room post game is his lack sometimes of control. It seems that Dean sometimes does not want to go in and talk to the guys. So is that an assistant's job? Is that somebody to go in and like shake them up, rile them up? Because it can't just be the captains. It really, especially when your captain, God bless him, is Jared Spurgeon. That's not going to get the guys going. You need you need a player's coach, but also one that's not quite a full player's coach, if that makes any sense, right? Like Bruce didn't work out because you had the players not responding to him. Now, Dean almost seems too passive. So there's got to be some sort of in-between there. And they're out there. I would love to gamble and try somebody new that hasn't maybe been on an NHL bench before. You know, you see the same recycled coaches yeah. over and over again. Yeah. Uh, you know, give Jesse Pierce a call. Maybe she's ready for the follow-up. <laughs> Who knows? No, I'm totally with you. It's in, in fact, the, the flames um, just hi- hired a guy I've never heard of. And I'm like, hallelujah. It's finally <laughs> a guy I haven't heard. I mean, Peter Laviolette going back to the Rangers. What is going on here? You know, what are we, we're talking about where, well, Jared Gallant could end up in Calgary and he didn't, but you know, yes, I am so prepared for, um, and, and look, you know what, in the case of what, um, what Chuck Fletcher did with the wild, it didn't necessarily work, especially when, when he made what Todd Richards his first hire, but you're right, Jesse, it is sometimes it's mind numbing how much we go back to. Laviolette's available. He just got fired by Washington. How many teams does he coach? Washington, <laughs> Philadelphia, Carolina, you know? It drives you absolutely nuts. So I I think I object less to a fresh face than a recycled one at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it it gets old. I mean, for God's sakes, what, is Peter DeBoer, once he gets, like, bounced out of the stars, is he going to then oh, yeah, resurface somewhere for, like, the fourth time in seven years? It's just... Yeah, I'd rather see them take chances on on guys like what Chicago hired Luke Johnson last year. I believe he had zero NHL coaching experience either. Richardson, yeah, Richardson, he, yeah. yeah. So like, I you you should finally start doing that a little bit. Um, I know Dave Hackstall had a little gap there from college hockey, obviously to the Flyers, and now is it with Seattle and stuff. But yeah, just hire guys that actually have them do it. Not like Gerard Gallant, like getting his seventh cup of coffee with the Rangers or something else again. It's just it's infuriating to watch. Well, and the Avs hired Bednar, and that was that was a gamble, right? Like, he was a relatively unknown coach. It seems to work out, you know. It's go young, go younger, have these guys relate, have something a little bit different. I know Patrick Waugh said he wouldn't get into coaching, but I don't hate that idea either. Like, I think guys would respond well, I think he wants to, to now. Like that. Does yeah, he now? He changed his he, mind? Yes, he's changed his mind. He Jeez. is a very volatile human being, Jesse. Yes. I. You know, I've, I've witnessed that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And, and Dean, you know what? I, D- Dean was a, a first-time coach in the, the league because he, he had obviously been at Milwaukee, which was Nashville's a- affiliate. And I think Dean was somewhat akin to what, what Bednar was, right? Because Bednar was 
if I'm not mistaken, with the Avs AHL affiliate. So, yeah, I'm not I, – I just – I also think that when you look at the playoffs, and, I mean, my God, we saw guys coach their asses off in the playoffs, and then you say, okay, what has the Wild done that there at least ha- has to be a discussion? And if nothing else, if Bill wants to keep Dean, which he clearly does, I think it makes a lot of sense to go out and get an assistant who can at least – assist in ideas especially in the playoffs all right next question who has more of an impact the obvious the answer is going to seem obvious at first but think about this one jelly are you back yeah i just got a note from phil that there are problems that this is not an individual problem that there are internet problems so anyway the gremlins the gremlins are out so we apologize for them uh my my question if you can hear me now was who's going to have more of an impact on the uh, 23 24 wild Marco Rossi or Brock Faber? Ooh, that's a good one. It seems obvious mm-hmm. at first, but the more I thought about it, well, the more I became intrigued. As someone who, uh, as someone who's a betting guy and, and even also into the investment game, I feel like the safe option is Brock Faber, right? Just a solid, reliable defenseman. Uh, not going to be too volatile. Not going to get too high. Not going to get too low. You can, you know, put that money in your bond account and just watch it steadily and 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 be mm-hmm. okay there. You know, Ross is more the stock. Like I you like might, it. you might, you might Love have a, you, you might have a high payday, but you might tank your entire investment in a few months, and then all of a sudden you are completely out on it. So, I mean, and then that's. That also goes to say defensemen versus forwards in the NHL. Um, that is definitely a thing, too, where defensemen are always a little safer bets than, than forwards are. Um, so I would probably say Faber is safer, uh, and Marco Rossi has the, more, has the bigger chance if he hits the ceiling, of course, to make a bigger outcome. But answer the question. In your crystal ball, who has more impact? I, I agree completely with your point. Faber. Who has? Faber. Yeah. Okay. Faber. I'm gonna he's going to be, he's, he'll be Minnesota Vanilla. But he'll be he'll be reliable. He will be Minnesota consistent, Vanilla. right? It's a Joe Mauer <laughs> thing. Like you're just there. They are. They're gonna be there. That you know what you're gonna get out of them. Um, Marco Ross, Rossi, it's his to lose again, though. Like I hate we have this conversation every preseason for the past couple of years. He has a spot. He needs to take it, and I I agree with Dex completely. Mm-hmm. He could have tremendous upside. Or it's gonna suck, and then you really then you lose all collateral with Marco too. If he doesn't perform well in those first couple weeks, knowing how much you need to rely on him, knowing how desperately as the Minnesota Wild need a number one center, if his collateral is blown, then then what? Now you're just stuck, and you're kind of a middling team once again. So Faber agreed is the safe bet. Marco Rossi could have the will have the bigger impact though. I agree completely. Faber is going to be solid, and he's going to do his job. Marco Rossi is going to break out finally, because you know what? They're finally going to give him a chance, too. They are in a perfect position to give these guys a chance. Like, are we really going to see them bang the wall down again to play the vets and, like, let's try to make the playoffs? And, like, at some point in time, here's my guess. At some point, there is going to be – the opportunity for Judd Brackett to prevail and say, we got to give these guys a chance. Like you didn't hire me not to get, you know, you didn't hire me to go get Ryan Reeves. You didn't hire me to, to take the security of Marcus Foligno. You hired me to, and he's done a great job. There's no question voted the top system by the athletic, right? This past season, 
You hired me to bring an influx of talent into an organization that was barren. And so I think Rossi actually has a bigger impact because I think they're finally going to actually turn a corner, even if it means missing the playoffs. It is the ideal time to give these guys a chance. And for everyone out there who right now is going to say, well, are you, how are you going to explain that to Kirill? How are you going to explain it? His contract's going to run out. He's going to go to the Rangers. He's going to go somewhere else. Here's how I'll explain it. You think Kirill Kaprizov has had a lot of fun being bounced out in the first round the last two years? The only way to get this right, the only way that this team is going to get to where they want to go is to get the talent into the system and up to the wild. So I think it's going to be Rossi because I think he's going to – He's either going to make a big impact or flame out completely, and it's going to be ugly, and I'm going to go with the positive because I'm Judd Zolgad. I'm going with the good. I'm going with the Friday uh, positive spin. Rossi has the bigger. And see, I'm going to counter it. I My crystal ball says I will call Marco Rossi a bust by January. Ooh, and, like you, and you might be right. I just – I guess I'm – I get why these guys have not played in some cases, but I'm a little bit frustrated that they're that the farm system has been replenished so much. And I feel like you need to give these guys a chance. That's not the fourth line on a Wednesday night in Winnipeg or trade right. them and move up in the damn draft. <laughs> oh no, you might be circle. right. Well, yeah. if you so think Rossi is a bust, trade him now. Cause if you bring him to market, you know, if, if you play them 50 games here and it sucks, that value, to, to your point about the stock market decks, that stock is just plummeted now. So you're right. If you think, if quietly you say we blew the ninth pick in that draft, and if you did, shame on you. But if you blew the ninth pick in, in that draft, Declan, you're not wrong. I agree completely. You need to unload him quick. Now the question is, has he gotten a sufficient opportunity to show that when he succeeded at every level but here and every time something goes wrong here everyone bails and it's like i've got to go to iowa mm-hmm. if he goes to iowa next year jesse though you nailed it he's a bust yeah yeah this I'm is sm- the year you that you can finally that. decide like this is like i have not called marco rossi a bust at all because you're right Judd. he hasn't been given the opportunity and we haven't seen enough of him to declare that this is the year though this is absolutely the year that you get to make that call that you can d- definitively say this panned out this didn't pan out outstanding stuff jesse thank you um i think we are uh, done here declan so uh take us home yeah hit that subscribe button daily minnesota sports entertainment right here on score north this is judd's hockey show yes we are still kicking this can around every week right here on the score north apps uh, score north youtube page apple spotify hit that subscribe button and pass shoot score